Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Why, hello, hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Bravo East Coast Housewives. I'm your girl, Kim, and you know what? Today is going to be a fabulous day because Roni's on tonight. And if you guys haven't checked out my Instagram lately, check it out now because my little puppy's on there. I took a picture of him and I posted it. It's so cute because his name is Roni. Y'all get it. Ha ha ha. <sighs> okay, Bravo Believers, welcome to the show. Happy Tuesday. Hope you guys had an amazing weekend. I know that I did absolutely nothing, realistically. I didn't. I watched Shaws of Sunset. That shit was great. I fucking love that show. I rewatched Family Karma. Fucking love that show, too. So happy that they picked that up for season two. I think they're all hysterical. I'm so sad that Amrit's gay because I would totally uh, be hitting him in his DMs if you know what I'm saying. I would be pulling, uh, but I wonder if he would be like a Mike from Shaws of Sunset and talk back to me the way that he just did with some other girl, which is totally crazy. There are apps where you can set up text messages and send them to people and then those people don't know who you are. It's a spoof app is what Mike was talking about. So with that said, let's recall back to last season with Beverly Hills and the Denise and Brandy scandal. okay? Denise said exactly the same thing that Mike said, that there are apps where you can do that shit. So if that is for sure true, then I really think that Denise did not fuck Brandy. Okay, the, no, just no. I, I don't know. All I'm saying is the proof is in the pudding. Mike is also saying the same thing about those damn apps. So it's real. And I'm pretty sure Brandy did some shit to like make extra texts and all that stuff. I mean, y'all know how... I don't love Brandy Glanville. And I just thought of this. Okay, seriously, we all saw the preview of Potomac. There's this new girl coming. I really don't remember her name. But I do have to say, if you look at her face, please tell me. She totally looks like Brandy Glanville. Okay, she does. She looks just like Brandy Glanville. Their face is the same exact thing. Like, it's crazy. So that'll be interesting to uh, see that when we see it in July. I think it's 11th, really. So with all that said, we're going to get into some What the Bravo. We're back with the solo episode as far as talking about one, one episode, one franchise. Uh, Because Jersey ended last, uh, what was it, last week or something? Yeah, duh. So we're going to talk about that. Also, too, just throwing this out there, I put on the social media world that I don't really understand the whole deal with Kathy Hilton. A lot of people on social media that I follow and just people that I check out through hashtags and shit, they think that she's a great addition to the show. She's super relatable and all this kind of shit. Relatable or not, does anyone find her more boring than I do? I think she is boring for the show. I don't understand it. Someone informed me, and guess what? People did, some people did inform me on Instagram. What have I gotten so far? I've gotten 
She's really relatable. That's cool. What else? I've gotten, don't be jealous, honey. Okay, I'm not jealous of someone who's boring. I might be jealous of her uh, financial shit, yes. But uh, for her being boring, no, I'm not jealous of that. Also, one other thing that I, uh, someone said, is this like Teresa going after Kathy? I don't understand. First of all, I don't really understand what that means, so... I, I don't get it, but if that's the case, if Teresa's going, sure, call me a Teresa. I don't really care. She's making a million, I think, per episode or per year. I don't know. Call me a Teresa. I'm down with it. Cool. So now, <laughs> I don't know. I just can't. I can't. I, I'm not on the Kathy Hilton bus. I, I'd rather have uh, Kim to come back on the show. She was much more enjoyable. The unfortunate thing is all that real life shit that happened was sad, but I don't know. It's... I don't know. It made for better TV. I don't know. But I, I just Kathy Hilton's boring. She sleeps a lot. She doesn't do much. So that's my rant about Kathy Hilton. I'm not hating on the bitch. I just think she's boring. So now with that, let's go to what the Bravo. couple things here. Oh, also, too, we're going to talk about speaking of money and payment. We're going to talk about which housewife has the higher check coming in with the show. So let's do what the Bravo. So, what the Bravo? Question, question of this Tuesday. Who is the highest paid housewife? I know that you may be thinking, Lisa Vanderpump. Okay, well, she was when she was on the show. But, in fact, it's someone else. Brian Moylan, I think that's how you say his name, he just released a book that I need to buy, early Christmas gift for myself or my mother, or just splurging and just getting the damn book. So he wrote this book, The Housewives, the real story behind the real housewives. So in this book, he is revealing who gets paid the most. So the real housewives of Atlanta, ladies, they get paid the most. Why? This franchise has the highest ratings compared to all of the others. I'm slightly shocked on that because I thought it would be New York, but maybe it was years ago. But now, and I guess maybe for a while, it's been Real Housewives of Atlanta. But either way, it's still kick-ass. Candy Burris, she is the number one paid currently right now. She gets $2 million per season. And if you think about it, Candy may be leaving. She, she kind of made that announcement that she is thinking about leaving. We don't know necessarily. If we are going to be realistic She doesn't need the show. She is set up for life. She's been set up for life. I think she was just doing it because she enjoyed it. She enjoyed the sisterhood. She enjoyed the trip. She enjoyed the the camaraderie between the girls. But she doesn't need the show. Also in the book, when Nini was on the show, she got a higher paycheck. She got $2.85 million per season before she left, before she hit the hay. So we're going to transition from Atlanta. And then the next housewife that is paid pretty high is Real Housewives of New Jersey, Teresa Judice, with one million per episode. Oh, wait, no, not one. This isn't a Friends thing. This is not the Friends season or the Big Bang Theory. This is one million per season for Teresa. This was a fun fact that I read. If Louie, which is Teresa's boyfriend, current, if he ends up getting on the show and they end up marrying, actually, no, if they end up marrying each other, Then, for the future, he will get a check because the Real House Husbands of New Jersey, it's the only franchise 
where the husbands, a.k.a. significant others, whatever, get a paycheck. I find that pretty awesome. And the other thing that I found out that the ladies get from Bravo, $1,200 to use for the reunion dresses, not the glam squad. Uh, Erica, I know that you're paying like $40,000, or at least you were, so I wonder how your reunion dress and all that shit's going to look like because you're going to be doing all that shit probably yourself or you're going to have Dorit help you. I'm not really sure. The other thing that Bravo pays for, if you think about the trips that they go on, they pay for coach tickets, okay? I would totally be down for that. Throw the coach tickets my way. I'll freaking tag along. I'll even be a fucking carry-on for them. I just want to go on those trips, okay? So... They pay for that. And if they don't want to take the coach tickets, which most of them don't, then they have to they have to cough up the dough, which is what they usually do. Or they have a friend that has a private jet to fly off and, you know, live their merry life. So who is the highest paid housewife currently? Candy Burris. And then it says Teresa Judice. Super cool. Now, I know that I had a rant about Kathy Hilton, but we're just going to talk about the ratings of Beverly Hills. They're low. They're lower than they were. I think the first episode, they didn't even break a million viewers, which is very telling. The next couple episodes, statistics say that it's dropping even more. So why do we think that the ratings are going lower? My answer, well, first of all, you don't have Vanderpump. I think she was a huge asset because she she did a lot of shit. She was sneaky. She was sly. She was making everyone else do her dirty work. But not only that, I think the reason why it's not doing well, Denise Richards, honey, Denise Richards is not on the show. I think she brought so much more to the show to make everything spicy as far as the storyline. With that said, on Wednesday, we're going to see more of Erica's story come out. So I don't know, maybe maybe ratings will go up. We'll see. I feel like since Denise is not on the show, it's really not that interesting to watch. There's nothing, there's nothing that's uh, really pulling me in at this moment. So hopefully when this Erica scandal starts out, maybe we'll, maybe we'll get somewhere. And speaking of Erica, found this on page six, all the other stuff I found on uh, Reality Blurb. A new documentary is out. Some people have put that shit on their Instagram, like a little trailer. It's called The Housewife and The Hustler, okay? I think Elisa Rinna all the time. It centers around Erica and Tom and the implosion of their maintained image or how they can keep keep the image going from what we see. But obviously that didn't happen because we see them for who they really are, allegedly. So the filmmakers, I thought this was cool. The filmmakers were able to get voicemails and court records and never before seen deposition tape of Girardi. What will that show? What the fuck? Like, I want to know. The thing is, I'm pretty sure it's on Hulu, which I'm like, damn, I don't have a Hulu subscription. And to be honest, I don't really want to do the 30-day free trial because I forget and then they charge me. They did that for me on Amazon Prime because I'm like, not responsible as far as keeping up to date with my subscriptions. So maybe everyone else should watch and get back to me. Not only that, like I said, we're going to see more of Erica talking about her marriage in the season. But does she really tell us why they split? My assumption, and just from reading this article, my assumption is no. She's just going to say, we're not doing well, is kind of shit. But she's not going to say any more than that. But let's recall for a second. Erica filed for divorce from Tom. 
Right after that, they got sued from a class action firm, Edelson PC, I think. Yeah, that's what the name is. I don't know if I said it right. Sued them both for embezzlement, settlement funds, right? Because Tom helped out the, the victims of the Boeing plane crash, okay? So they were embezzling money, allegedly, that was supposed to be settlement pay for these victims during the flight, what was it, flight, the Lion Air flight of 610. So that's, uh, that's will that come up in the season? I don't think so. Would I be shocked if it does? Yeah, I, I kind of would be. So did Erica really know about this? I think yes. I know that my mom read something somewhere, somewhere on the streets. She read that Erica probably knew more than we are led to believe. So we'll see what happens. But the housewife and the hustler, maybe Erica's, uh, maybe Erica's tagline for this season would be don't hustle the hustler. And then she could pay Lisa Rinna the royalties for her coming up with the tagline. So yeah. We'll see. Real Housewives Beverly Hills. Let's see if the ratings go up. Let's see if Kathy Hilton gets a little bit more exciting in my book. And let's see if Sutton can get the stick out of her ass because she's annoying me too. Now, let's transition to my main event with my gals from New York. Yes, Ebony. Fucking yes. Love her. She gets better each episode. I'm dying. Yes. Okay. Main event. New York, baby. So... We continue with a breakfast at Tiffany's, lovely dinner hosted by Ramona at her house in the Hamptons. We uh, left off whenever (laughs) Roro gets uncomfortable with Leah and Ebony and basically all the women talking about sex, talking about big ass dicks, how I like to take a hard dick, all that kind of shit, big dick, whatever, dick, 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 wet pussy, blah, 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 blah. We get it. She's getting uncomfortable. She doesn't like them talking about dirty things. So she leaves just because she wants to, you know, get her bearings in order, if you will. And uh, eventually she comes back and everyone changes the subject. So yay, everything's fine. Then Ramona sighed to the side when everyone else is talking at the table. She looks at (laughs) she looks at Leah and she's like, you know, what, what is the one thing that that I don't like? And then Leah's like, I don't know, speaking about sex. She's like, yeah, can you can you just can you just tone it down for me? Because I just get so uncomfortable. So she gets uncomfortable. Leah can't understand why, because Leah posted a fucking picture on her Instagram of Ramona and like a thong and her pasties on her breast. And she was just like dancing like a stripper. So Leah said so. How much of a hypocrite can you be, Ramona? But this is why we love you, because you're such a flip-flopper, even though you called Elise a flip-flopper friend. So that's interesting that you would even say flip-flop. Okay, so then (laughs) whenever she asks Leah to stop talking about sex in front of her, Leah just says her beautiful tagline, I'm sex positive. And then what happens? Ramona... (laughs) I love the laughter. It was great. It was a beautiful sisterly moment. Actually, mother-daughter moment because I'm pretty sure Ramona looks at Leah as her daughter from another father. I don't know. (laughs) So Luann dismisses herself to bed. She says, I'm going to bed. Nothing good can come from after, what was it, six o'clock, eight o'clock? I don't even know. But does this not go back to the times whenever Dorinda was always like, I'm going to bed. Nothing good happens after nine o'clock. So she did that a lot. So maybe Luann is the new Dorinda this season. Come back, Dorinda. We miss you. But then this is hilarious, too. After Leah and Ramona had the sex talk, not the birds and the bees, but just like big dick, hard dick. Oh, oh, okay. 
Ramona gets a feather and then she is talking about how she feels so sensual with the feather and she doesn't have to talk about sex because she just takes the feather and she just like, oh, caresses it on her body and like, this is how I, oh my gosh, this is how... Ramona, I don't even understand why you did that, but it's awesome. And uh, basically we can tell that you're going to get off with a feather right in front of the women. So how much of a hypocrite are you? Because you're even doing that shit in front of all the ladies. <sighs> but then with that, Ebony comes in and says, I remember, Ramona, that you just said that you can take a big dick. And then Ramona, what happens? She gets all upset and then she leaves again. And then Ebony's like, no, I'm sorry, Ramona. Oh, my God. So she goes and she gets her and she apologizes and all that kind of shit. The morning after. The morning after. Da, da, da. Ramona speaks to Sonia. Of course, they're reflecting from the breakfast at Tiffany's dinner. Ramona still doesn't understand why Leah has to talk about sex all the time and she just doesn't get it. Sonia says, you know, she's talking about all this shit all the time because she wants to know the tea. She wants to know what's going on. And you know what, Leah, I respect you for that because I want to know the fuck what's going on too. Because if I didn't, I probably wouldn't have this podcast to talk shit in a loving way, by the way. It's not like I hate these women. I just want to say that too. I fucking love all of these women. Even Kathy Hilton in such a way, but I just think that she's bored and she just needs to like fucking wake up for me, honey. Wake up. Okay. Ebony comes over to Leah and she says, you know what, Leah, I need to apologize to Ramona because I want to be respectful to her in her house. And why is that? Because Ebony is a kick-ass woman. Leah looks at Ebony and, you know, basically in surprise and in her mind, she's like, dude, I'm fucking over this shit. I am not going to do that. And then eventually what happens, she gets a text message from her mother saying that her grandma is kind of slipping away at this point and she's not really responding whenever people are talking to her. Leah, of course, she's crushed, right? I mean, the woman who has been there thick and thin for her, and I guess maybe Leah feels the most self-worth through her grandmother, and obviously we know that her and her mother have had such a tumultuous relationship throughout her young life to now, so, you know, it's crumbling her. I do have to say, though, I don't understand why Leah just didn't leave I, I, I am curious on why she stayed whenever she knew that was going on. And I understand that maybe her grandmother could only see one person at a time for what her mother wanted. But still, wouldn't, wouldn't you want to go home even if you were just around? I don't know. I question that. I'm not judging Leah for staying. I'm just a little curious on why she did. I still think... She's she was definitely going through a hard time and she needed support. So maybe that's part of the reason why she stayed. She needed the support from women like Ebony and Sonia. I think Sonia would be pretty supportive. Ramona is like back and forth supportive, but I think she needed that support, which could have been the reason why she stayed. Ramona then goes to Heather's room, the lower level, to talk to her about not talking about the women in the press, particularly Ramona. Maybe Luann and Sonia, but really she's focusing on herself. She's like, just don't just don't talk about us in the press. And then Heather basically was like, I'm not talking about anyone in the press. I'm talking about my experience through some of the shit. I'm not going out there and say Ramona is this, that, this, that. I'm talking about my own experience. And you're asking me not to talk about you in the press? Got it. Cool. Let's move on. But does Ramona really not want to be in the press? Let's think about it. I don't buy that shit for a second. She loves the limelight. If she didn't, she wouldn't be on the show still. She thrives in it. She gets off on it, along with the feather. So I find it funny that she's asking Heather to not say her name in the press. 
Now, the ladies are getting ready to go to Luann's house to do a nude painting of a beautiful male. His name is Kurt. We'll talk about him later once they get there. But they're going to Luann's house, and they're also not only going to paint a nude man, but they are also going to enjoy Garth's lamb curry because apparently maybe that's how she got hooked on to Garth. I'm talking Luann. So he's going to make the ladies a lamb curry dinner and everyone's super excited. The painting shit was set up by Luann's daughter and her niece, the one who dated Adam. And if you ask me, I can see how they dated. They look like they were uh, fit for each other. I wonder what Adam's doing right now. And I wonder if he's still in contact with Luann's niece. But I wonder if he's still in contact with Carol. Hmm. Something to think about. Ebony and Leah are getting their hair done in the lower level and their makeup. Ramona comes down and she checks on them. And she's saying, you know what? It's time to go, girls. Like, what are you guys doing? This is so rude. Like, why do you have to make us wait? Like, this is so rude. And then Ebony was saying, hey, you know what? I'm black. It takes longer for my hair. And, and then Ramona's like, well, you should have thought of that earlier. You should have like planned it early. You sh- Why are you doing this? So rude. <sighs> she didn't want to wait for them. And <laughs> Ebony just looks at her and says, look, you don't have to wait for me. Just go and we'll meet you there. And because Ramona was being all weird with the timing and all that shit, she wanted them to hurry up. <laughs> and after she says, why does it take you ladies so long? Loved Ebony's answer. She's like, because I want to look good for you, boo. Yes, yes. Way to have that response. So quick. I love that answer. Of course, Ramona's like, oh, this is it. And then she's like, but oh my God, hurry up. And then Ebony was just like, you know what? I'm not going to hurry up for anyone. Last time I noticed, like I was free and I can do whatever the fuck that I want. So you go and I will meet you there. So what happens? They all go, except for Leah and Ebony because they're getting their shit done. Okay. Then once they get there, because they go in a different Uber, Ebony goes up to Ramona, apologizes to her in front of the group, and uh, Ramona's like, yeah, that's cool, that's totally fine, blah, blah, blah. Then, ooh, we have a new man on the premises. His name is Alfredo. Ooh, Alfredo. Okay, so he is a musician friend of Luann's, and he comes because Luann's trying to set little Alfredo up with Sonia, so... Sonia can feel a little bit better about herself, uh, a little bit more desired, if you will, from men, all that kind of stuff. So in hindsight, that's a nice gesture. As Shannon Bedore would say, it's a gesture. But I don't know. After you hear what she says in her confessional, I'm like, dude, what the fuck, Luann? Like, that wasn't cool. Like, that was so uncool, Luann. As soon as Sonia finds out that Luann did that for her, I think she looks at Leah and she's like, you know what? I, I mean, I don't need, like, you know, Luann, like, where does she find these men? Like, I'm an artist. I don't want to be with an artist. That's usually pretty good. Uh, artists on artists, uh, from my own personal experience, has not really ended well. Of course, it works for some people, but as far as for me, it's never worked out. <laughs> but now bring on the nude art, OK? Bring on the nude painting. Kurt comes out and I love that he's like, oh, well, you have to take off my blanket that's wrapped around me. And I love the fact that Sonia did it and the way that she did it. Let me tell you, the way that she pulled it off, did it not remind you of Lucy, like Lucy Ball? Like, I swear to you, 
She is like the Lucille Ball of the housewives. She is so funny. She is so quick-witted. She knows how to play with our hearts in a comedic way. And I applaud you for that, Sonia Morgan, because it no one else can do it. You do it so naturally. I don't even think that you try. And that's what makes you real. And I also didn't know that you have to do so many freaking poses whenever you're doing that art shit. Like, I wonder how much he got paid for that. Do you think that's a good gig? Maybe I can do that. I mean, I don't think that would be a bad gig as long as you, that's a lot of self-love you got to have about your body, you know, which everyone should, God damn it. Yeah, but I wonder how much he got paid. So eventually, Ramona got sick and tired of painting the penis and the big dick and the hard dick and all that kind of dick. You know what I'm saying, dick, dick, dick. <laughs> she got bored with it and then she just wanted to sit down and she's like, you know, how many times do you need to see a penis? Once you've seen one, you've seen them all. I do have to say, I, I, I agree with her on that. I'm pretty sure a lot of you can agree as well. <laughs> they all look the same. It's weird. <sighs> so then we have Alfredo playing his music. Yes, that is my music. I could be playing my piano right now. Let me do that. It could be fun, right? Yes. Oh, wait, it's not even working. Oh, there it is. Yes. All right. So he's playing his music in a different way than I just did. And what happens? Okay. He's playing his guitar. Ramona is like in her Elaine from Seinfeld dance. Like, oh, it's so sensual. My gosh. Yeah. She's like into it. Okay. So basically, because Sonia said, <laughs> no, this is what Leah said. Leah said, okay, so Alfredo wasn't for Sonia, but he has a dick and he's a man. So I'm pretty sure he's good for Ramona. So that was fun shade. Love that, Leah. So true as well. Ramona sits there and she says, you know, I, I really love your music. It's, it's moving me. It's just, it's touching me. It's touching me. It's so beautiful. Whoa. You're trying to tell Leah that you're uncomfortable when she talks about sex, but you're basically having music sex with a guy as he's playing like come on Ramona relax live a little get the stick out of your ass or get the dick out of your ass oh my god it's crazy so Leah steps out to go inside for a minute she's getting a little bit of anxiety about her grandmother and Ramona follows her and she's like you know what why don't you FaceTime her and you know Ramona just she, she means well, but she's not doing a good job for what Leah needs right now. So Ebony goes in and she follows and she's there for her in the way that Leah needs her. Ramona's making Leah feel worse. Ebony comes as a great friend just to comfort her. And it's a hard time for Leah. And Ebony definitely knows how to approach it better than Ramona. Now, I wonder this. Is it because of the age difference? Could be. I'm not really sure. But you could see that there are just two different ways of handling it. And the way that Ramona did, even though realistically I think she meant well, she kind of made it worse. Thank God Ebony was there. So we get to the lunch after Leah calms down and she gets comforted by Ebony. Everyone goes to enjoy the lamb curry from Garth. And I guess Sonia said, you know what? I can see why Lou's all over him because his lamb curry is to die. It's killing. Okay. So everyone loves the lamb curry. This was a great moment too with Leah and Sonia. Leah sits down at the table. Sonia's eating her lamb curry. And this was just so, in my opinion, New York of Sonia with the way that she spoke to her. She's just sitting there and she's like, how you doing? I'm giving you space. It's just like so quick. 
quick, quick, quick. I feel like that's the way that a New Yorker would do it. I fucking love that scene. And that was real and it was honest and it was open. Luann then asks about the night before because remember, she was Dorindified and she went to bed early. One of the ladies expressed that there was a lot of sex talk. Ramona was uncomfortable, blah, 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 blah. Ebony apologized, all that kind of shit. So then Luann basically says she brings up, oh, this, this, this part of the episode killed me. And let's just uh, side note here. Before this episode aired last week, Ebony took to Instagram and she did like an Instagram live to all of us who watched it. And she was basically saying that she was taking a two week sabbatical, if you will, from Instagram social media because these two episodes, the one we just saw and then the one tonight, they're so heavy as far as conversation. And she just didn't want to be a part of the crazy shit that people are going to be talking about now. Not crazy as in like bad, but like it's going to be heavy stuff. I think she's going to she's going to relive it by watching the episode. But I think she just needs a little bit of a break from the content. So we're not going to see her for another week on Instagram or social, any type of social media. So I totally understand why as I move on towards the end of the episode. So Luann is talking about, as far as speaking about sex, she's like, you know, it's fine that we speak about sex, but it gets to a point where you need to put a button on it. And she's like, Ramona and I, we were just raised in a more conservative way. And when she's saying all of this, Ebony's like, that's fine. That's you. And that's totally fine. But some other people don't do that. And that's okay too, which she's completely right. Then Ramona brings up Avery. She always brings up Avery when it comes to Leah. And that just tells all of us that I think she really looks at Leah as a daughter, another daughter, not a friend. So she's like, you know what? My daughter would not speak like that. Like she like like my daughter doesn't speak the way that Leah does. I just find it like inappropriate. So Leah triggered already from Ramona's craziness, but that triggered her even more. And Ramona, time and place like, you know, that this girl is going through some hard shit. Why? Why poke the bear? You know, the bear's going to come get you. OK. And her name is Leah. And she did a good job with it because I wouldn't take that shit either. She did the right thing. Ramona doesn't think before she speaks. I don't know if a lot of the women do that, but actually, no, I think Ebony thinks before she speaks. Luann doesn't. I think Sonia kind of does. Ramona, no. And who am I missing? No, I think that's everyone. OK. With that, uh, let me see here. Let me look at my notes real quick. Oh, so Leah's freaking out at Ramona and she's like, yeah, do you really think that your daughter would want to talk to you about sex? But realistically, she's probably been sucking dick since she was 14 years old. (laughs) That was, uh, I don't know if it was a jab, if I've ever seen one, but it was something. It was almost like the Gia doing coke in the bathroom, okay, which is not true. Oh, even Sonia said in her confessional, you know, you just don't want to go after the kids. That's not a cool thing. But Leah did. And damn, did she do it. So she leaves. After that, she runs off. And then Leah comes back after running off. And then she's leaving the party. And she's like, I'm not going to let you, Ramona, paint me as a raunchy bitch. You're a hoe. You're a hoe. You're a hoe. Everyone's fucking hoes. And then she leaves. Now, this is towards the end of the episode where shit gets shit. Ebony's trying to explain to the women how she doesn't feel like if one uses those words like cunt, pussy, all that kind of shit. 
It doesn't mean that you are unclassy. And I think that triggered Ebony in such a way that she needed to let the women know. She wanted to express herself freely to these women. That she calls her friends. So Luann says, you know what? It has nothing to do with class. It has everything to do with an education. Where did that come from, Luann? That is so out of left field. And I just don't get what you were saying. It made no sense. Ebony then got even more triggered. And then she's like, you know, this has nothing to do with education. And quite frankly, I have more education than all of the women sitting here. Luann gets so offended by that. Don't tell me I don't have an education. Ebony's like, that's facts, okay? I Googled all of your asses, which I think is awesome. Honestly, I feel like any time nowadays, you should Google anyone that you meet because you never know if they're going to be like a serial killer or like, I don't even know, but you should Google. (laughs) And that's what Ebony did. She's a smart ass motherfucking woman, okay? So Luann's offended thinking that Ebony's saying that she's not educated when she went into nursing and all this kind of shit. Luann, you need to turn on your ears because you don't listen very well. So after Leah leaves, Heather kind of cuts in. She's been kind of quiet this episode. She cuts in by saying, you know what? I think the big lesson here is we need to listen to each other, okay? But Luann then throws a jab at Ebony on the uneducated shit, and she's still basically butthurt about Ebony saying, basically, she <laughs> she almost pulled a Dr. Wendy here. I have four degrees. I have four degrees. Which, by the way, Dr. Wendy, yes, excited to hear about your story plot. Holy shit, hopefully it's not true. But Luann is only hearing, she's twisting Ebony's words. She's saying to herself that Ebony is saying, you're uneducated. And then she's like, oh, well, you think I'm uneducated. It's not what she said, Luann. Get your head out of your ass. My God. Not only that, Luann comes back and says, you're saying that you're smarter than me. And Ebony's like, I did not say that I'm smarter than you. I did not say that. I said that I am more educated than all of you. That is facts. Look that shit up. That is facts. And then let's recall, let's go back to last season whenever Leah went up to Ramona. Actually, it was the other way around. Ramona goes up to Leah and she's trying to tell her how she feels (laughs) on what Leah did wrong. And then Leah's like, "Okay, well, Ramona, feelings aren't facts. Okay, Luann, take a note. Feelings aren't facts. You may have felt that Ebony was implying that she was smarter than you, but that's not a fact. That's not what she said. From there, I feel like this is a huge insecurity on Luann. She almost feels less than Ebony. And let's just be real. The white privilege is a real thing, okay? Especially for a Luann. And we can see it. I mean, don't we remember one of her taglines is, I don't feel bad for being privileged? (sighs) But you're demonstrating it to such a, a, a way that is unacceptable and just, it was not good. It was a bad look. It was kind of disgusting to watch, quite frankly. But I think it's a huge insecurity. I think Luann likes to feel on top of everyone. I do feel like, kind of like Ramona, I feel like both of them kind of look at certain people. And I'm not talking race-wise either. I'm just talking about people in general. I think they look at certain people and they think that they're higher than them and that those people are less than. Let's go back to seasons in the past when Bethany was trying to set up Ramona, I think it was Ramona. No, actually it was was Sonia. So Sonia could be tagged onto here. I'm pretty sure it was Sonia. But when Bethany tried to set Sonia up with a man who was a bartender, she was like, yeah, but he's a bartender. Was it Sonia or Ramona? I really can't remember. But it was definitely one of those two. But either way, 
She was looking at him, who was a bartender at the time. She was looking at him as less than her, which is unacceptable. That's fucked up. Luann was definitely showing her true colors there. Hopefully she has learned from the situation. And I feel bad that Ebony had to basically teach her on why what she is doing is wrong. And this is the reason why the social climate needs to change. And Ebony was just trying to point it out and she was doing it in a nice way. But Luann can't let the shit go. Ebony then says, Ramona, your white fragility is killing me. Now, why is she saying that? Because Ramona's like, oh, my God, I can't deal with this. Like, I don't want to deal with it. Like, she's trying to ignore the situation. She's trying not to engage in an uncomfortable conversation. Because let's just be real. This is kind of an uncomfortable topic, especially present day. There's a lot of shit going on. So Ramona's trying to deflect, if you will, by not engaging, which I don't think is a good, healthy way to do it. Silence is violence. That's what everyone's saying. That's what it is. Then after Ebony mentions white fragility, Luann comes and says, don't make it about race now. You're making it about race when that has nothing to do with it. So Luann's being defensive. And here's the thing. I think Ebony is just really trying to express her feelings about what is going on from her perspective. Luann particularly doesn't want to hear it. She is being defensive. Why? Because she's selfishly thinking of herself not being categorized as someone who is racist and all that kind of shit. This is just my own opinion. I could be wrong. But the crazy thing is, if the other women were supporting Ebony, which I think they were, they were only doing it quietly. Why didn't they stand up for her when she was saying all this shit? Why did they just watch? We're trying to we're trying to be better. We're trying to be better than the gap. I was a little confused on why no one was really having her back. Even Sonia, right? She kind of slipped in there here and there, but I don't know. It could have been more. It could have been more. Right is right and wrong is wrong at the end of the day. And we all know or should know what is right and what is wrong. So after that whole thing happened, Luann eventually calls Ebony an angry woman, okay? Ebony's like, what the fuck? Leah comes in here. She's acting all crazy and shit and she leaves, but they don't call her an angry woman. Don't you think that's pretty telling? Because now they're looking at me and they're calling me the angry woman, the angry black woman. Then after that, Luann again says it's nothing about race. Ebony said in her confessional about the education comment that she really just wanted to talk to the women and express her mind freely. And she wanted to say that this particular thing pained her in such a way. But it was immediately, she was immediately called angry. And then she's like, so tell me it's not about race. I hope Luann saw that. And I hope she was able to really, really sit in Ebony's shoes at this point to kind of understand. I mean, realistically, she's not going to understand what Ebony has gone through, has to go through because she's just not. I mean, let's just be real. However, she can be open and listen and empathetic to what Ebony is saying. And I think, actually, I know she didn't do that. So that was unacceptable. There was one sort of support system for Ebony, but like I said, it kind of crept in and out. It was Sonia. She says, the girl doesn't seem angry to me. It just seems like she's using her words. She's right. But could Sonia have been there more than just that sentence? I think so. I for sure think so. So towards the end, Ebony offers that she can leave Luann's house out of respect for her if she wants her to leave. And then Luann, the way that she said it, she's like, I think you should leave. Luann, what the fuck? That was wrong of you. That was... So then what does Ebony do? Out of respect for Luann, she gets up 
And she leaves. When Luann said for her to leave, she's like, I think you should leave because I think you you need to think about what you said that was offensive to the women. And then Sonia's like, I wasn't offended. But Luann, who puts you at the fucking highest bar? Like, who made you queen? Who made you countess? Okay, because you're not a countess anymore. But who puts you at that high? I don't understand. What kind of person are you to have to say that to someone? That's looking at Ebony as lower than you. And baby girl, that's not true. Made me so frustrated. And of course they do it at the very end of the episode because you're like, oh, what the fuck is going to happen? But guess what? We're going to see it tonight. Luann for tonight's episode. We're going to see her apologize to Ebony. Ebony obviously says, yes, thank you for the apology. I appreciate it. But then you got Luann still on her high horse white privilege here saying, oh, well, I would have expected an apology from you. Luann, you're still not getting it. You're still making it about you. It's not always about it's not always about you, Bronwyn. OK, it's frustrating. So Luann in our books right now, not just mine, pretty sure everyone who's watched the show Luann's not on our good list right now. She needs to be better than the gap. So now we're going to talk about the dueling divas, which we know who they are. Ebony and Luann. The fact that Lou has to mention how Ebony doesn't speak three languages as far as being educated, like her definition, first of all, anyone's definition of educated could be different. And guess what? That's okay. Luann's definition of being educated is speaking many languages, uh, being well-traveled, having degrees, what have you. That's fine, Luann. You can think the way that you think. Not everyone thinks like you. So Luann is telling Ebony, you don't speak three languages. Like this is her privilege coming out in such a strong way. And it is a huge, it's a bad look on you, Luann. It's just bad. Then Ramona and Leah obviously feud diva duel because of the sex thing even though Ramona I think she's she's probably the kinkiest out of all of them and we've heard that before from other housewives previous years so I think she likes to cover up that she's this Catholic woman that obeys with everything in the religion and shit but you know she don't no 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 I don't think she does So those are the dueling divas for this past episode. It's going to be like that tonight, too, I'm assuming. So now with that, I know it was a short dueling divas because I feel like we covered most of it in the main event. But now we're going to throw some weekly shade here because there are a few things. And uh, I definitely have a few quotes of the week. You know my quotes. I love them. I fucking love the quotes of the week. I always enjoy a little chuckle, if you will. But let's bring the weekly shade. So one shady moment is when Luann brings Alfredo for Sonia. I don't know why I like saying his name like that. I just do. (laughs) So Luann gets on her confessional. Again, Luann, the privilege here. It's killing me. The selfishness, okay? She says that she brought Alfredo for Sonia so she could flirt with him and feel good about herself. And maybe, just maybe, she can get off of Luann's back about Garth. How does it always come back to you, Luann? Like, I don't understand. Life is not, life is not a cabaret. Come on. That's what Bethany said. I can't deal with it anymore. This episode should be called Luann Up Her Own Ass. Okay. I just, oh, 
It just kills me. She needs to do like a bunch of yoga again so she can like find her surface and all that shit. Whatever you do in yoga to like find your center because it's killing my life. Another shady moment. Ramona throwing shade to basically Luann about Alfredo, right? (laughs) She says, let's face it. Sonia's type is Luann's type. And uh, Luann wouldn't really bring another man that is Sonia's type because Luann would want him for herself. So true. That shade is true. Okay. And again, it's always about, it's about Luann this episode when it shouldn't be. (sighs) So, Yin's guys, my Bravo believers, we are going to always my favorite part of the episode, other than the main event, because that's fucking great too. Let's go to the quote of the week. So first quote was funny because I think Sonia is not aware I don't know if Sonia just doesn't know who Tupac is. So (laughs) whenever Ebony made a reference about him, (laughs) Sonia was like, we can pock off. And then Ebony's just like, oh, my God, Sonia. So I thought that was cute because I really don't know if Sonia was aware of the uh, of the topic. But I thought it was cute. Another one is Ramona Talia. She's. She says, this is about the sex shit. She looks at Leah and she says, the fact that you say all these things to me, all this verbiage is huge. It's huge. Okay. Uh, it reminded me of Shannon Bedore. It was you. It was you. So yeah, Ramona, the verbiage is huge. About the huge dick, maybe? I don't know. So next one. Ah, special guest uh, quote of the week, if you will. It was Kurt. The male nude model, baby. What does he say? This is whenever his blanket, I would say towel, but it wasn't a towel. He says, I'm very talented, but there's one thing I can't do is take this off by myself. And then you have Sonia, a.k.a. Lucille Ball of The Housewives. She takes it off. Woo! Oh, my God. Look at that dick. Okay. <sighs> Love it. It was great. Then Sonia was talking about her art experience of the male model. She says in her confessional, I've never ever painted a nude model, but I've also never been a stripper. There's a few things I haven't done. LOLs, cute, cute, cute. Last one is Ebony Tulu. Ooh, I would say this is my quote of the week because it was fucking amazing and... Ebony just knows how to do the shit. She just knows. She says this is toward the end of the episode. She says, I will not silence myself for you, Luann. You're not going to police my feelings. Holy fucking shit. That is it. That is it. I will say it one more time. This is the quote, my Bravo believers. This is it. I will not silence myself for you, Luann. You are not going to police my feelings. Okay, Luann, take that. Analyze it. Digest it yogify it okay luanify it everything that i'm saying in between you get my point so that is the quote of the week my loves this is an intense episode we're gonna see how it pans out so thank you guys so much for listening continuously to my new listeners welcome welcome uh continue to listen because i love talking about this shit i appreciate yin's guys's ears 
fun couple weeks coming up. Next episode, I believe, I think next episode, I'm going to have one of my frequent guests on the show again, David Yontef from his podcast Behind the Velvet Rope. And we are going to talk all shit New York again. Uh, my loves, he lives in New York, so he knows all this shit. And he was recently just with Jackie and Margaret, Margaret from Jersey about, uh, I don't know, she was promoting her book or something. So we're going to have David on the show. And also, we're going to have a new new guest on my show. Her name is Diana and she is a Bravo believer sister of mine and she does a podcast uh, Bravo Besties. We are in the same network with Believe. So we're going to have Diana up in the next few weeks. We're going to hear her take. She is a Jersey gal who lives in LA. So we're going to take all of her shit and we're going to digest it and we're going to have a fucking good time. So thank you guys again for listening. Let's stay tuned about Shaws of Sunset and about who really leaked those texts. Was it Gigi? Was it Reza? Are Reza and Mike ever going to be friends again? Does Paulina stay with Mike? I think she does, but I fucking love Paulina. Family karma. Let's see if Monica and Anisha resolve their beef, okay? Let's figure out why Brian is dating someone named Monica. (laughs) I really think that he still wants to date Monica. So let's see if Vishal and Richa can resolve their shit because I like them as a couple. I do think that Vishal just has to grow up a little bit. And uh, let's continue seeing Amrit being hot as fuck. So thank you again for listening. Enjoy the rest of your week. New York tonight, Beverly Hills tomorrow. And uh, yeah, see you guys later. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.